0: Can I ask you a question? Of course. How do you funny? Did the, pod, did the stream uh, <laughs> drop out there? <laughs> that doesn't feel like a, a good sentence. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm curious. How funny how me? You, how do you funny? How do I like funny? When, if you were had to describe your approach to <laughs> the funny, Ooh. how do you funny? Uh, oh, I, I know, know. it's totally broken. It, it, the real question is, how do you try to be funny? Not, and that is oh, to be that sure. is d- different than how funny are you, right? I don't care. I know you're. I know you're funny. I want to know how you. Did you just lose the ball? I almost fell over. <laughs> While
1: you're telling me how funny I am, I lost my footing and I almost (laughs) fell. Okay,
0: Okay. does that answer your question? Uh, Eyes, eyes, eyes up, man! Eyes on me. Got it. Okay. (laughs) How do you how do you approach humor? How would you describe your approach to just day to day? I'm not talking about when you're writing scripts. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm just talking about like day to day.
1: I think. I've had to think about this once before someone asked me, and the best way, because it makes me very uncomfortable to answer, because then I have to admit that I sometimes think I'm funny, where I feel like I'm just like barely hanging on all the time. (laughs) But I think what I mostly do is I take a concept and then throw it into the absurd. I push it as far as it can go without breaking or break it. and. Yeah, that's like, and now that's like the least funny answer that anyone can have. But yeah, that's like well, my personal thing <laughs> is take it and then push it really far. So it almost yeah. doesn't make any sense anymore.
0: Yeah. I bring this up because it turns out that how you funny, yeah. <laughs> is it, there is a spectrum on how you're funny can help your mental health. How you're, oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. I would like to tell you about that. And I have, in order to tell you about that, I have to introduce you to two things. One is the HSQ, the Humor Styles Questionnaire. Have you ever heard of the Humor (laughs) Styles Questionnaire? No. It exists. And guess, see if you can guess who invented it. It, And I'm talking about like uh, a, a, a people of the world. Oh, Canada. Canada. But,
1: don't we always yes. say that all the funny people come from Canada?
0: All of the funniest people yep. come from uh, You know, case in point, Shits Creek, please. Right. So look, University of Western Ontario, uh, they create their researchers and they created the Humor Styles Questionnaire. It's been around for 20 years, the HSQ. Huh. And now there is a place at the University of Colorado Boulder <gasps> called That's the we Humor Research Lab. What? Yes. that that's the second thing did not know that we went there we did nobody ever told us and i kind of think they should have because what they how they refer to themselves at the humor research lab is the acronym h-u-r-l or hurl (laughs) which is amazing (laughs) is that real
1: it is a real thing
0: Peter McGraw, PhD. He's the director of the University of Colorado's Humor Research Lab, HURL for short. He's the, he also wrote the book "Stick to Business," a book about using using humor to get ahead. <laughs> and uh, he actually talks about uh, the HSQ as a tool for the introspective person to make positive steps in their lives, right? So, uh, you know, the way he describes it is, you don't have to learn music theory to become a better pianist, but it kind of helps. And huh. so that's why he is a huge proponent of the HSQ, and they it has defined these four approaches to humor, right? And I would like to go through them with you one at a time briefly and see where you fall on the HSQ. Okay. The first, number one, the first approach to humor is aggressive. This would be uh, sarcasm and teasing. This is like, why is it funny when you keep stubbing your toe, right? Laughing at someone else's expense. That is aggressive humor. How often do you find you do that? I think you and I have talked about this. I think this would be classified as punching down.
1: Right. I don't think that I truck very much in that. Sometimes I'll do it like if we're playing virtual poker and like I'm one of the guys. But very rarely I don't truck in like being a bully. If anything, it's the opposite. I truck more in self-deprecation.
0: This is I'm terrible at trash talk for that very reason. I'm terrible at it. Right. And I don't find the jackass movies funny. I find them really problematic.
1: (laughs) You know what I like about them? The camaraderie. They're so nice to each other. I like that. I like it when everyone laughs together. Yeah. If that didn't happen, then I wouldn't understand because then it's just yeah. like eating wasabi in your nose and throwing up. And I'm like, Yeah, I, terrible.
0: Okay, great. And then I said, What's his name? I, I saw this uh, interview <laughs> and he's he's broken his eye bones around his eye so much that his eye could literally fall out at a moment's notice. Oh, I can't probably Steve. I I don't I don't deal with that very okay. well. Anyway, don't number two, yep. Tom, self defeating humor. You are making fun of yourself for others' amusement.
1: Hundred percent. Have you heard this podcast? <laughs> Am. Yes, I am so embarrassing on this podcast. My father has, a <laughs> while been like, you know, like future employers, like might listen to the podcast. Like, do you have to share everything? Or he's like, why don't you talk about like no. how you got a, a cum laude in college? And I'm like, because I don't have anxiety about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was okay. I did good there. Yeah, who was, needs yeah. to
1: talk about that? Yeah, that wasn't me looking at a flat squirrel and throwing up at eight in the morning.
0: <laughs> Call that. I don't know if I can move on. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, okay, that's self-defeating humor. The the third is affiliative humor. What's that? Yeah, this was interesting. This was news to me, Tom. Mm. Affiliative humor is telling jokes and bantering with others. Oh, sure. So over the last 18 months, you might recognize you've had very little affiliative humor because... Who's been hanging out with people? Right. I don't know. Shrug. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's very much the sort of you go to comedy sports, right? You go to a comedy club. You go, you hang out with people in social situations, right? It's Banter is involved. That's the third. And the fourth is self-enhancing. Oh. Ooh. I know. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. A general humorous outlook, as described by the HSQ, mm. able to see comedy in most situations.
1: Sure. Self-enhanced. Okay. Why is that self-enhanced? Okay.
0: That makes sense. So
1: like observational
0: comedy? Observational comedy, the way it's described is being able to make yourself laugh. Like seeing something or thinking about (laughs) something funny and finding yourself able to spontaneously laugh about it.
1: Okay. Yeah. I have a lot of that in my life. And I bet it's heightened or enhanced (laughs) because of the pandemic. Like spending so much time alone.
0: Right. Well, this is the number three, number three, and number four. Like you've had very little of number three, but number four, you've had a lot of practice, right, over the last 18 months. And so that is, and, and in order of benefit, it is also order of presentation. So aggressive, sarcasm, teasing humor is self-deflating humor or other deflating humor, right, Uh that lifts yourself at the expense of others. That is the least helpful kind of humor. Self-enhancing humor is the most sort of ideologically beneficial humor. That is a Uh worldview sort of humor that you can make yourself laugh, you can see funny in the world, and it actually improves your life. It improves your health. It improves your heart function. It improves everything about you if, if you can find the funny and do it in a way that enhances yourself and others. I love that.
1: I do too, but it does bring up an image of if you're able to like look at something and make yourself laugh, like if you're on a bus, then you're just the joker. (laughs) Like if you're just constantly like by yourself looking at a leaf and then you're like, leaves, then everyone's going to be like, okay. What? She said that she ate me. I hate me too. I can always tell when you lie and you're, you're see through. All these miles away, yeah. I just want to see you. Baby, give me good faith. She hit me like seafood. Number one, I saw you. Hi, it's nice to meet you. you know my old ogro salty. She just wanna be you. I'm a dog, no montis. Welcome back into season six of What's That what? Smell? A sometimes funny podcast of humans and their anxieties. I'm Tommy Metz the third. And I'm Pete Wright. And for five seasons every week, we have drugged one of our deepest, darkest anxieties into the like to share it, learn about it, and hopefully
0: laugh about it with all of you. Exactly. And
1: season six is going to be even better. Tell them why, Pete. <laughs> why would you do that to me? I don't know. You I just wanted to put you on the spot. <laughs> And it's season 6 and with that reach out send us the story of your anxieties go to what's that smell.net again what's that smell.net and there's a great big donate your anxiety button that you cannot miss even if you try why are you trying go to us and tell us about your anxiety and we will discuss it and learn about it with all of you and laugh about it Pete How's this going? He did great. All this right. is all and staying in. Season six. It. And with that, I'll go first. Are you sure? <laughs> Peter, like a lot of people, I've done a lot of schooling and book learning in my life. You've done the same, correct? We were talking about yeah, CU just yeah. a second ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've been lucky enough I've gotten mostly good grades during this time. But, and because this is season six, Pete, I'm about to put you on the spot. Oh, so get ready, lean into it. Mm-hmm. Once okay. in high school, I was not so smart and I got a D plus in a course. I think the lowest grade I've, or at least easily one of the lowest grades I've ever received. Time to put you on the spot. Would you like to guess what class I received such a harrowing grade for?
0: This was in high school. Or
1: junior high. <laughs> I don't I just realized <laughs> just now, I'm not exactly sure. Because it sounds it, more like a junior high course, but we'll see.
0: Was it some sort of a crafts class or a, like a workshop, like wood shop, some sort yeah. of a you Take know, off shopping wood? something? Shop. It's shop class? Okay. You're exactly
1: okay. right. Yeah. And I am both impressed and embarrassed that you got it in one. <laughs>
0: yeah, no. Yeah. Was, and let me tell you, yeah. when you asked that question, there was no question for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, do we still teach shop class? Like we don't teach yeah. cursive anymore, but it's shop like, is still it, a thing.
0: Yeah, shop is still a thing, and and it's it's become more of a thing in a lot of places, like industrial arts and like metalwork and. But is it all kinds uh, is of it and, elect,
1: is it elective or everyone has to yes. take it? Okay, yeah, see, at least that's, that's
0: that's my experience.
1: I yeah. had to take shop back in the right. day, and it's like we don't force people to do cursive anymore. <laughs> Why are we no. doing shop? Right. Okay, so. Uh, for shop, let me just sum up the class for you real quick. Uh, for our final, uh, we had to carve a piggy bank out of wood. Um, and my piggy bank was an abomination. <laughs> it was it was uh, completely misshapen. The coin hole was too thin to accept quarters. And um, it was terrible. And I couldn't, I was like sanding it days and days and days. It never got any better. But anyways, I loved him. I named him Splinters. And he was my favorite. Um, the teacher, though, <laughs> gave me a D+. And I have hated both, but it pigs sounds like you worked really hard ever since. <laughs> that's that's why you no, worked so hard. There was <sighs> no A for effort. There was a D plus for dang that sucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, anyways, I hate banks. I hate pigs. I hate shop. It was terrible.
0: I bring. All Do you this remember up your because, shop teacher's name? No, Mister Jerk. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember, that's but I think I find that interesting.
1: That is interesting. I remember he was a man. He was missing fingers. Just kidding. That's like such a cliche. <laughs> he's covered in blood. I don't think he was a top teacher. Um, I don't remember his name, but I, now I want to look him up and see if he's died. Okay. I bring all this up because it relates to an anxiety I've always had. It's something that makes me anxious. I've been able to sort of embrace it about myself to a certain extent. Again, this is the self-defeating part of the HSQ, but it's something that makes me anxious because I feel like it makes me less of a traditional masculine figure. And because mm-hmm. advertising tells me that it's a sexy and important skill. For lack of a better phrase, I'm anxious that I've never been handy. The basic wow. idea of being handy, the closest I could come across the internet is a fear of power tools, which is urglothicic, triple, who cares, <laughs> triplophobia, no one knows what that word is, but that's impossible, and I'm not going to say that, so I'm just going to say fear of never being handy. I've just never, no one's ever accused me, no one's ever been like, oh, Tommy will fix it. <laughs> no one has ever said that. I uh, <laughs> I would like to turn it over to you because I want to explain a little bit more about my relationship to not being handy and how that exists in my family. But how do you feel about this? Have you ever had any ill feelings about it? Has it ever made you insecure or anxious? <laughs> or do you consider yourself I'm, a very handy person? I, I don't put you <laughs> in the same category as me because you're so
0: technologically savvy. That's a version of handy. Oh, I'm I'm very uncomfortable right now. Let me just... <laughs> I So, you know, we get cold winters here and things freeze. Yep. And uh, one year, my wife and I were both here in the house as the weather started to warm and we heard a boom. Oh in uh-oh. the garage and you hear that all the time here because as pe- things thaw if you forget to turn off your external water bib okay. yeah I don't even it, know that it, it'll blow the 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 pipe will blow if it's if you've got these old copper pipes oh, no, and then they explode as they thaw and then you have water coming out of the house, the water van, everywhere, and in this case, ours blew in our attic, and it flooded out into this coming through the drywall onto the cars, like the attic is flooding, oh my god and i and and uh, my wife picked up her phone and called our friend another another Tom. Oh. Uh, not Notably, not you, because no. you and I, as it turns out, are in the same boat and said and she's standing right next to me and she says, hi, Tom, uh, I need help. We just blew a, a water pipe and uh, I don't know how to turn it off. And Tom said to her, this is what I hear. Uh, all I hear is her is her say that. And then she says, oh, Peter. Yeah, I mean, he's here. <laughs> Oh, you know who's also here at the end
1: table. <laughs>
0: yeah, both are going yeah, to have as much impact as, on the as fleming. useful <laughs> as useful as as I am. So I have by necessity wow. gotten better at just as, by being a homeowner. So I can replace a toilet. I can replace wow. a sink. Like I, I've learned to do all of those things. I know those mechanics, but I was never taught those things when it would have cemented for me handiness. Right. I my. Shop in the garage is a giant pile of Home Depot trips. Like, there are still receipts from years past attached to various wrenches that I've bought for just single purpose. Like, here's the thing I need this size for. I'm going to go buy that thing. And then you forget to have it so you go
1: back. Yeah. yeah.
0: I go buy another one. I'm not handy. I am not handy. I am accidentally successful at many of the things that I've attempted in my house.
1: Yeah. You've replaced a sink. Unfortunately, you were trying to build a table. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it yeah. was sort of a win yeah. lose. I don't know. Like yeah, you, just have, it was you just have like three sinks in
0: one room. Do you know what the worst part is? Is I use I I have discovered like uh, incredible epoxy cements, right? Ooh. And that has become a real go to where other people might actually fasten things together properly. I just slather them <laughs> with industrial <laughs> adhesive, and it eventually just holds. And right. so don't don't sit on it. Like, right. but it'll be it looks fine. Yeah.
1: There's nothing, enough duct tape will my, not fix. My entire
0: house is like a Hollywood back lot, man. Like, <laughs> don't don't lean on a wall. It's
1: all flats. Everything yeah. <laughs> could just come down. That's amazing. What you said about how your garage or your shop thing is just a bunch of receipts reminded me. Uh, my father, I was never taught how to be handy by my father. My father is a very intelligent, very successful person. But in his own words, he's always said there are two things in his toolbox, a hammer and a checkbook. Yeah, he has never. And so I wasn't passed down any of that stuff. On the other side, though, of is my mom's family and my uncles and both of my uncles and my late grandfather were and are extremely handy. My uncle Lou refurbishes old cars and like actually has like a little dishcloth just for stains. He throws over his shoulder. That's some prime. It's probably not a dishcloth. I'm so
0: not handy. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's Um, not great. But aspirational figure. I can I can see really looking up to a guy like that. Totally.
1: He's just always got grease. And then my uncle Jay is the kind of guy that can just go like build a deck. Yeah. Like I yeah. yeah, He's got a guy. I'm just going to be your guy who will build a deck. Meanwhile, like whenever I go into Home Depot and I smell lumber, like I desperately am. I need an adult. I'm like, why? I can't. There are certain things when I just can't, like, no, I just go to the first person that I see and I see how doorknob work and then they figure, yeah.
0: Right. And now I go into Home Depot and the people are weirdly starting to get younger than me that are helping me. That doesn't help. It's not like the, like, (laughs) the grizzled old, like, carpenter who is now biding his time helping dumb people like me it's now people who could be my children and they're saying yeah you don't know how that works really i'm like don't judge me son yeah (laughs) that's that's not a good color for me
1: no (laughs) that's right no and that's that's going to get worse and worse and i still live in an apartment (laughs) so when things break here i have uh someone come and fix it yeah and so i'm not (laughs) learning like i'm not moving forward yeah and so yeah oh lumber um One thing about Jay and my late grandfather, though, they were so handy that it became like a competition against not each other, but the world. So whenever (laughs) they would get something, they would, and Jay still refuses to look at the directions. They put everything out on the floor, and then they spend like a couple hours like figuring things out, and then they put it together, and it's wrong. (laughs) So they have to take (laughs) it apart and re-put it back together correctly. Like there's always something like just flipped. It would still work, but it's not perfect. And so, yeah. Like I'm really good at following directions. IKEA bookcases? Oh, come on. Yeah. Uh, sorry, you mean right. the Billy? Yeah, that's what they're called. <laughs> that's how many I've made. The, the builders' junk. <laughs> yeah, but even with that, when it's like you know, because IKEA is the Hello Fresh of making things. Like they give you all the stuff already portioned out and in yeah. little bags and stuff, and invariably every single time I've built something from IKEA, which I should, I mean, an alarming amount of my Current apartment furniture is still
0: IKEA. Oh, I'm in my head doing a Fight Club scene while looking (laughs) at you through Zoom. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. IKEA. IKEA. Uh, Yeah, IKEA. (laughs) I think this shirt is
1: from (laughs) IKEA. Um, No, even that. Every single time I've made something, there always comes a point where I'm like, oh, and they didn't give me another screw. (laughs) They screwed up. (laughs) Way to go, Ikea. And then it's always under a sock. Like They've (laughs) never messed me up. But I'm so ready for them to be like, oh, Ikea did it again. They've never messed me up. So, okay, so we're very alike. And when you were talking about standing next to your wife, your uh, lovely wife and being (laughs) emasculated (laughs) in real time, um, this, I I didn't know how to research this topic. And so I literally put in fear of not being handy into Google. Pete, yeah. we are not alone. Fear <laughs> of being handy came up with a ton of stuff. And really, it's just people being like, yeah, I feel this way. And it sucks. Yeah. yeah. It, and the I'm not going to go through most of it. But just this one thing, there was an article written by a guy named Andy Hines, and he's a professional handyman who says his job has taught him a lot about male insecurity. Yeah. And he listed it and he says almost all of his clients, male clients, interact with him in one of three ways. Can I just, do you actually, do you have any guesses about what they're like, what these three, or I can just list them.
0: Well, I mean, I, I'm probably all three of them. <laughs> one is, is absolutely like they'll show up at my house and I will immediately get down on my knees and start praying to them. And I will thank them for being present in my life and for solving this problem that to me is completely insurmountable.
1: Number one with a bullet. Quote, the first is sheepishness and (laughs) self-deprecation. I don't know how many times I've had men apologize to me while also thanking me for being inept at home improvements. Yeah, you got it right off the bat.
0: those always end with incredibly meaningful, gracious hugs. <laughs> and they, they're trying to leave, right. and, and I can't let go, yeah, so that's number one. Number two is that is i'm I might be embarrassed and thereby standoffish. Like I'll be like, just solve the problem and and fix it for me. And I don't want to I want to completely dissociate that this even exists
1: interesting. there's There's a version of that in number three a version of okay. what you just said. Finally, there is a so I'm skipping to number 3. Finally, there is the very successful male clients who let me know repeatedly that he is very successful and that matters of home repair are almost too far beneath him to even discuss. So that's not you. Uh,
0: oh, yeah. You're, I don't think I putting could putting ever it, make the I'm very successful case. You're, you're like, putting it out of sight out of mind. That.
1: Right. <laughs> you're putting it the out of sight out of mind, but it has the same Yeah. result a little bit a surprising trait of some guys who fit this profile. Yeah. They seem surprised that I would expect to be paid a living wage to do work that I've mastered over decades of practice. Okay, So, yes, it's very different than what you said, because you're you're a nice person. This is a more aggressive
0: every penny of what of what is asked. I'm so into that. But there is it is
1: interesting that you have that it can result in a little bit of avoidance.
0: Yeah, no. It's um, mostly fear of acknowledging my own insecurity and my own ineptness. Like right. I just want to be be. A and the third one is, uh and the third for one me, is very
1: aggressive. So it's probably not going to be you. But go ahead. What was your? No,
0: name? no. I just mean the other. The other one is I want to be involved. I want to learn, and oh. I might start dropping made up tool names. <laughs> is there a niner in there? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, oh, so you're twisting the Uber stank right now? Is that what? <laughs> so that's where. Oh, this is this is my go-to. Oh, see that's the one step I was not able to complete without you. I, I could have done everything else, but just that one thing with the Hoover stank that I, you just, I needed you for. Once you had the right again,
1: thing. you are brushing up now against number two. This is working out okay. incredibly well. Number two, quote, another reaction I've become accustomed to is the assertion, which may be legitimate, but still comes off as defensive, that, quote, I could do this myself if I only had time. In the worst cases, a guy will point out how easy the work is he's paying me to do. Again, not you, because you're a nice version of this. But yeah. those, all three of those things, self-deprecation, uh, defensiveness about he could do it himself, and then this is also below me are the three things that he says a majority of his male clients interact with him. Interestingly, he says he doesn't receive any of this tension or behavior from women clients. It's only from men needing him to do their, quote, men jobs. Ugh.
0: Gross. Men are gross. <laughs> men are the worst.
1: Yeah. Um, how have you... So, did is anyone in your family handy? Is your son or daughter growing up handy? Like, how does that affect you? Other, We know that you're a lost
0: cause from your wife. <laughs> right. yeah. Sort of skips a generation. Yeah. My, uh, I would say my son and I are very similar in mm-hmm. in our approach to, you know, fixing things, which is more industrial adhesive. My daughter, however, <laughs> and I think we've, we've talked a little bit about this. I mean, she ended up at this finding this this camp when she was a kid that teaches survival skills. And now she knows how to do things that I I can't imagine doing in the world, like building things, crafting things, creating things that would help her survive, you know, in the end times, Wow, um, that, that are, that are quite exceptional and extraordinary. And now she teaches for, for this, this place she's been doing it so long. So she teaches, really? yeah, she's like Katniss Everdeen because uh-huh. she's the Woody Harrelson. Like she's like teaching the <laughs> Hunger Games kids how to kill one another. She's now.
1: always drunk. <laughs>
0: except for that. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, I didn't see that coming. Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she has got a real alcohol yeah. appetite. Yeah. Uh, well, that's cool. I mean, because I like the idea of it. I'm working on, and I've been able to embrace not to feel bad about myself. Yeah. I do still, it is, I think it is impossible, nearly impossible, just because I'm not enlightened enough, to not feel, to feel not like less of a man. Just because it is so prevalent and i brought up advertising so so far i mean there's just like there's the there's the pickup truck guy yeah and then there's me (laughs) and never those two will meet
0: well okay so first of all there is the new pickup truck ad that was on the olympics over and over and over again okay it was it was the ad where the guy has his truck and he has this part of the truck where the the pickup bed thing the the tailgate, yeah. folds down at the half point and creates a thing where he can, like, pretend to write emails. Have you seen this commercial? <laughs> no. Okay, so he could pretend to write emails on it, and he's talking, it's the flex, like the flex gate or something. Okay. And, and all the kids will come out, like, Mom, Dad's flexing again. And he's, like, phantom typing on this lift gate, like a real tough guy answering email. And... He's like, what? What's so weird? I'm writing email. I'm just writing this email. And I'm like, okay, that's me, like writing the imaginary email. Or the other variant is he has a cat that does all of it, like herds animals for him. It's like a domesticated cat. And at the end, he's at the side of a lake and he throws a stick in the lake and the cat jumps in the lake and fetches it like a dog. <laughs> yeah. and it's a very funny thing, but it's like weird flex. That's the whole thing. I'm that kind of truck owner. I don't even own a truck. I, right. I wouldn't own, own a truck right now, but that's it it's, it is like, I'm the pretender. That's the the whole story ends in pretender. Pretender. That's me. Got this it. Guy. Okay. Two so yeah, thumbs, so that's this guy.
1: That's in addition. Yeah. Cause like what I was saying, you still feel that draw, even though you're able to see that it's irrational and there's
0: no real well, reason Well, I would for say it. this, there is nothing like there is nothing that feels quite like like, replacing a toilet (laughs) and flushing the first time, right? Like, taking it from the wax ring, like, like, when I learned to do that, I wanted to replace all the toilets. Just because you know how to do it now, right? Because I did it, and it didn't leak, and it took a day and seven trips to Home Depot and three replacement wax rings, but I learned, and it was Enormously satisfying being able to do that. So I get there is a huge like adrenal reward, right? To like to being able to do I want to do it. I just uh, like I have I don't I don't. That's a
1: per- perfect transition into the very end of this segment. Is I have a personal victory myself. It is definitely not well, I don't know what else I don't care for the phrase wax ring, but it's, it's not target related <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, but I, um, Friend of the show, Darnell Smith. Um, he, uh, I was, resp- I was asking him once over the phone. I said, "My car brake light has gone out, so I have to make an appointment with the dealer." And he was like, mm-hmm. "You absolutely don't have to go to the dealer." He says, "Look up on YouTube how replace brake light. You know, they'll have one for your exact car." And I was like, yeah. "You don't have to spell yeah. I want to put in Google." And then, um, was but like,
0: weirdly, it turns out he kind of did. He totally
1: did. He totally did because I wouldn't <laughs> know to look up my own car. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so. Um no, I'm desperately trying to be handy just in this conversation. (laughs) I was like, oh yeah, you mean you mean the the tube you? And I was like, oh no. (laughs) The Uber Um, Stank. The Uber Stank. Anyways, I did it. I found the video. I went to a light bulb store, or I don't remember what it was called, and I got the light and I replaced it. And Pete, it took 15 minutes, and I was the god of cars. Yes. Oh my God. I called him and I was like, did it? I called my parents and said, I just replaced a brake light. I think we're going to open a, like a, my own garage. And they, my mom was like, oh my goodness. So she was all impressed. <laughs> no, it's a huge um, self-esteem boost. Yeah. And yeah. that's the final thing that I learned is A, with YouTube and stuff like that, Being what I'm trying to learn more is being handy is more of an attitude. If I go into it yes. saying, I'm not handy and I can never be handy, thus that is how it will always be. If I have a positive attitude, the resources are there. I just need to start small. I don't need to build the car. I need to replace the brake light. Wow. You don't need to build a whole house. You just need to replace the toilet.
0: There's another division at University of Western Ontario, Oh, right next to the humor styles questionnaire, and they did the handy styles questionnaire. And it's the same thing. Are you aggressive? Are you self-defeating? Are you affiliative? Or are you self-enhancing?
1: <laughs> However it ended up, I bet that toilet was hysterical. <laughs> In many parts of the world, adding a tip to a bill is a customary way to say thank you for good service. In April of 2018, Olesja Shemjikawa learned that tipping can also be an accidental life-changer. While traveling in Zurich, Switzerland, the then-37-year-old Russian woman and her son enjoyed a coffee and chocolate cake at the New Point Cafe. After enjoying their afternoon snack, Shemjikawa paid the bill a reasonable 23 Swiss francs with her credit card. Only a month later, after receiving her credit card bill, did she realize that when prompted to add a tip at the cafe, she instead accidentally entered her four-digit PIN, which was 7686, on the keypad instead. That added a 32,000% gratuity to her meal, shooting the final bill up to $7,709. She called the cafe and explained the mistake, but was told by the staff that an accidental charge isn't the same as a fraudulent one, so no help there. She then went to the police, and Shem was told by the cops that the matter wasn't, quote, criminally relevant. Finally, she appealed directly to the cafe's owner for help and understanding, and the owner said, of course, he would repay the charge. Then he promptly cut off all contact, closed his restaurant, and filed for bankruptcy. As of this recording, Shemjikawa has still not gotten her $7,000 back. Hey, Shemjikawa, here's a tip learn how credit card machines work. And here's a tip for our listeners like what you're hearing and want to give us a gratuity to help with our recording costs and other money related podcasty things? Then become a What's That Smell Panic Pal for just a one time payment of $35. What? Only $35? You heard me. Girl, I don't know why you're a girl in this situation, you become an invaluable part of keeping this anxiety train a-chugging along. Becoming a Panic Pal gives you access to each episode one week early, access to the videos of the live streams we do, because I bet you want to know what I look like. Bonus episodes, they're coming out of your ears, and content plus... As Panic Pals already know, you get Sticker, an official document making us all best friends. And now for this season, you will get a set of WTS Anxiety Coupons, which are emotional legal tender that you can use for all of your anxiety needs. And Pete and I promise to not declare bankruptcy even once. So just go to whatsthatsmell.net and become a Panic Pal today. Now, on with the show!
0: Hi, Tom. Oh, hello, Peter. Have you ever had a job that put you in some sort of place of authority? Yes, very much so. I directed a film. (laughs) Yeah, not that. We've already talked about that. Like, I'm talking about other than that.
1: Uh, Authority. Well, sure. Yeah. With Young Story. Yeah, I've, I've had to do a lot of different things.
0: Do you ever notice anyone looking at you and telegraphing some sort of sheepishness to approach you with a problem.
1: Meaning I see people being hesitant to come to me? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know (laughs) if I have. I tried. I think that they think that I don't know what I'm doing.
0: (laughs) Well, obviously. Me too. Like, (laughs) Because they're right. Let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When I, I started working uh, at Home Depot, <laughs> no one came up to me. I, for me, I, I think it it started when I was I was a conductor on the Manitou and Pikes Peak Cog Railway. Have oh, I been through this story with you? We have. Oh, okay. everyone threw up. Everyone threw up all the time, yep. and that led me to my very favorite uh, Voban stories because you know Voban—that's a real podcast hit. Yes, you know about Voban. No. But I, I, it, this t- today's anxiety got me thinking about my experience in. Like I, I was a dumb kid, and I was wearing a blue polyester shirt with shirt with a name badge on it. And mostly, my lived experience of that was just I'm hot all the time. But I do have this memory of you know, occasionally you'd have people who are like, I, I want to ask you a question or I need help, but I'm embarrassed to do it. Oh um, yes,
1: I have been through this. Do I, you know what I'm talking I better about? able to under. I just saw pictures in my head of people. Yes.
0: Yeah, yes, right. Yes. And there's that like and 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 what I want to tell them is not embarrass them, It's to tell them it's my job to help you. Like right. it I don't want to demean you or do anything about it. it's my job to help you. And then they might throw up and then I have to <laughs> clean it up. That's also my job. And it's yep. not to make it, but but you don't have to hide it from me because it's about, like I want to help. And yet there is this pervasive feeling of anxiety that is being telegraphed huh. that they're somehow scared to talk to me, right? Right, and that brings me, Tom, to today's listener submission.
1: Oh, I forgot that you had listener submission.
0: Excellent, excellent, excellent. You didn't, you didn't know where, what I was doing. No, you thought I'd come completely off the rails. Completely, I thought this yeah.
1: was—you were teaching me how to fix a toilet. This is perfect. Right. <laughs> I'm
0: no. stop saying listener submission today is uh, from a person who writes: I am terrified of asking a waitress for. Anything? Oh, Me? Wow. Me? Can I get a little extra ketchup? My head? No! Shut up and eat your dry <laughs> fries with a smile. <laughs> <laughs> this comes. From, uh, this person did not ask to be kept anonymous. This comes from listener Marley. And okay. So uh, thank you for writing, Marley. Uh, and so, wow! Like my my sure. first when I approach this, my first thing is okay. I get it, and I put. Chalk this up to social anxiety first, right? right? Feels like just like fear of of that. There's a there's a dose of fear of authority in there, yep. and and I think probably uh, like this that third line really screams fear of rejection, right? right? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just don't want to deal with it. And so I thought, okay, I've locked it up. Yeah. Yep. Well, because I always
1: th- I think that there may be something else going on too. Cause I know there is for me, but I don't want to throw you off the rails.
0: What do you think? Oh, no, no. Tell me. What do you what do you think? I think because I also have that
1: fear sometimes where I, I don't want to oh, I'm w- risk about over asking. And it's because I feel like sometimes I am paying the psychic price of seeing other people be so horrible
0: to serve. <sighs> That's really interesting.
1: Either in the flesh or I have so many friends that have been servers that have been treated so terribly. This is slightly related just because this will be proof of how I feel this empathy kind of thing. Something I cannot stand. And half, three quarters of my friends do it. Three quarters of the people in my life do it. And I've never Mm -hmm. told them that I hate it. But I can't can't stand. Am I one of them? Uh, No, I don't think so. But I also, we haven't gone out to eat in a long time. Yeah. And this is not... This is my own hang-up. Like, I'm not saying to just, I don't like it when people, when they're ordering food, say, yeah, I'm going to do the hamburger. (laughs) I'm going to go with the blank, because what I've always said, and no one taught me to do this, or maybe my parents did is say, may I please have the blank? I'm yeah. asking for your help. Yes, it is your job, but you're going to be the one giving the order, bringing it to me. You're doing me a service. So, I'm going to go ahead and do the salad. You're going to go ahead and eat in your car, <laughs> dick. <laughs> so, no, that's What
0: about Wait, so what about yeah. like I'll take or I'll have? I mean, I so I sometimes right. I, I I'm so nervous all of a sudden. I sometimes I I think I do that, but I, I am I think everyone does. Again, I'm like saying it's a super, hang up on me. I'm just But I try I I have the same anxiety. Like right. I'm really nervous about. Like I, there is a sort of performative aspect to ordering, where one, <laughs> I kind of want to be a little bit of a showman, and because I have some humor about it, because I want to build a relationship with the server. Right? I want to do my part in our relationship. <laughs> and then you immediately mess up. You're like, I'll and take then, the menu, yeah. please. Damn it! <laughs> no, right? <laughs> Why is it covered in butter? <laughs> and so I, and, and then I also am like overboard with the thanks like thank you so much i really appreciate it It, you look really busy and you're amazing and i love you yeah okay do you want to come home with my be a part of my family (laughs) do you want to take my family (laughs)
1: whatever (laughs) what what works for you i'm not gonna tell you how to do you
0: yes (laughs) right yeah okay that is a really interesting bit of uh of anxiety at work there And yeah. I didn't know this And now I feel horrible So let me tell you <laughs> What what I did I thought I had this on lock I thought I know exactly sure. What all this is about I happen to be Having a conversation With our uh, b- Mutual uh, friend Friend of the show mm-hmm. And uh, And fellow uh, Podcaster Dr. Dodge Ray Oh I, By credit Doctor, He is a psychotherapist Yep And Does this for a living And he helps me understand things when I don't know how to classify them. And hmm. clearly, I, I was I was on the mark with some of this. I said, this is what I'm what we're dealing with. And I'm curious what you think. If, if somebody approached you with this, and he says, OK, I'd like to introduce you what we in in the trauma business call capital T versus small T trauma. Oh, OK. I know. I like it mean too. Okay. I'm feeling so good about this. And, and so the way he says it is, uh, like, what likely is going on? Like, if it is, it, it, this might be a, a social anxiety, fear of rejection, certainly fear of authority sure. issue, right? But this listener wrote in with a very specific circumstance, right? It was about this waitress. Right. It was about servers in restaurants. And so he said, you know, when we look at capital T versus small T trauma, capital T trauma is that's that's the big stuff. You're in a horrible car accident. You lost a family member. Vietnam. You. you, 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 Yeah. okay, Vietnam. Oh, yes, was that you're, you're right. That that was uh, that was so big. It was so big. You took it off the scale. Sorry, it was the scale. So yeah. uh, but but yeah, there's the big traumas. You just hear that and you're like, oh, that's traumatic. Right. Small T trauma is what we're talking about here. And he says, <laughs> what I would want to know is it was there an experience that this person had Specifically in a restaurant or in their relationship with their parents or parents, if, 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 or their relationship with a past like friend or a server who was uh, really rough on them in mm. a restaurant or something like that, right? Because that, like feeling any sort of shame in the way you live in a restaurant, the way you order, the way mm. you do anything, feeling any sort of shame might feel inconsequential in the moment and a month later become small t trauma. Oh. Because it's a thing. It's like you're planting a seed it lays back. that takes root oh. and blossoms later. And you no longer remember, really. Consciously, what that experience was, you might never be able to put your finger on it. But there was some small t trauma that planted that seed long ago in a restaurant. Now most likely, probably like, that... in a restaurant. Got yeah, it. like you know. Oh, don't ask the waitress for that; too. she's busy. Don't you don't need any more ketchup. You're you're fine with what you have. You're huh. fine with what you have. Like those kinds of dismissive sorts of language, or a, a waitress that's clearly harried and really struggling with right. with their. Uh, area, right? Any number of things can cause that seed to get planted and become small-t trauma. Wow. That then then causes this anxiety that takes root and becomes a thing that you think about every time you go into a restaurant. I don't want to do this anymore. I am scared. And then eventually you just stop eating in restaurants, right? right? That's how it goes, right? Eventually, it becomes a tree, a mighty oak right. of anxiety. Your purse <laughs> is filled with ketchup. The so <laughs> to, and not packets. I mean, just wet but, ketchup. But you know... <laughs> You know what? You're not far off, right? That becomes a coping mechanism for this anxiety. Huh. If, if it's a catch-up anxiety, why would you want to ask for more ketchup when you can keep it all in your backpack and right. use as much ketchup whenever you need ketchup? right? But then that's so,
1: absurd, but you've lost the ability to see because you've lost the connective yeah. tissue. Ah. Right. Again, right. we are all haunted houses. <laughs>
0: We're all haunted. Just an anxiety funhouse. And yeah. so I, I, so that was the, that was the one. And the other is this, this one I thought was, was really interesting. He said the other angle you might approach this is that there, there is some experience where you were made to feel some sort of shame mm-hmm. by a server in a restaurant, mm-hmm. right? You, you asked for something you felt was not unreasonable and you were made to feel it was unreasonable. Uh, and that shame turned to anger. And anger when it is unaddressed. (gasps) Can manifest as an anxiety out of habit, right? Because you don't you don't have any other frame to deal with it. It's like this totally undirected. Oh my God, I'm mad at servers, and that plants a different kind of seed. And you don't you've never been able to unleash huh. that. I was my head was blowing up when yeah. we we're having this conversation. I'm taking notes and I'm thinking, what what are you talking about? This is, and then of course I'm realizing, yes, oh right, that's me with many things in my Liked, sure. Right. Things that I am anxious about. You know, you mentioned Home Depot. I can think of a number of examples in the paint and flooring departments alone. Yeah. That that are anxiety that come from anger experiences in those departments. Right. Like I can start unpeeling them with this new language. And I thought that's bananas. Ba- bananas. What do you think? Can you, I do think you, are you relating to this?
1: V- very much so, because I've been working with my therapist I am so used to calling everything anxiety because that's how it manifests. But we've been pulling things apart and finding that sometimes what ends up as an anxious feeling started as dread or did start as anger, but anger is not something that I either feel or let myself feel very often. Being legitimately upset at someone else, I turn it around and make it a comment about something that I did wrong. Yeah. Right, And so I'm so desperate to be liked that I don't address that. And so, yeah, I think that there's got to be an enormous amount of murderous rage. No, an enormous (laughs) amount of anxiety that I have that started from an uncomfortable feeling and being mad or feeling really let down or something can be uncomfortable. But yes, to backslide into anxiety makes all the sense in the world.
0: It makes all the sense of the world. Anxiety becomes the catch-all for describing an event you do not want to repeat. Right? Right. And that was it. It started because I was angry at a server because they made me feel bad. And now I have generalized that into anxiety that tells me my mind and body don't go to restaurants anymore because they and don't ask servers for any help at all because they'll right. make me feel bad they'll they'll get give me that feeling that I don't want to repeat
1: do you, this is the first time that I'm ever making this connection i bet there is a 90% chance that when i was young at a formative time i watched someone who i didn't like or was mean to me or a jerk for the first time say i'm going to do the burger and I, a, yeah. a switch was flipped in my head. And I said, that's what mean people do because it's not yes. mean. And, it's, people, yeah. and I've never seen a server flinch at that. People talk like right. that. But I bet that I just made that connection almost like an anger connection of like, no, that's what you don't do. Oh my God. And what if it happened in a restaurant in Vietnam? <laughs> Pete, <laughs> it's all coming together.
0: <laughs> so, So I said to our dear friend, Dr. Dodge, I said, Dr. Dodge, uh, uh how do you get and before i finished get he yeah. said uh exposure therapy <laughs> sure <laughs> i said let's talk about that and he said well it could be hilarious like if you're if you're feeling courageous and brave what i recommend is you go into a restaurant and you say to the server listen i need you to know something about me ooh i'm i'm working through some things and i'm probably going to be a tough customer today but i need you to know that on the other side of it i'm going to tip you very well as the, uh, as a favor to me so just know because that,
1: you're about to treat them a little roughly
0: <laughs> that you're going to keep them busy and Got you it. force yourself to ask for help every time you need <laughs> you have any need oh force yourself God. to do that why does and, that
1: feel so uncomfortable i know yeah. i know
0: and then, i would like excuse then, me can i get uh one napkin Oof. let's bring a napkin yeah oh i've soiled this one can i get another <laughs> hi i'm napkin? gonna do uh
1: <laughs> five different glasses with individual ice in each <laughs> In case I need, yeah,
0: right. I'd like to send this back. It has thirteen cubes. I asked for twelve. I would like you to keep bringing me exposed tablespoons of ketchup until you reach thirteen, and then stop. (laughs) Right? Like that is is as he's describing this. Look
1: again. I'm going to tip you my pin.
0: Yeah, at the end end (laughs) of the meal. (laughs) This is going to change your life. Yeah. Where it's a tough work, but but you can get it. Oh, that you can get makes me, I mean, isn't that, so that fascinating? Interesting. Yeah. And you have to, to force yourself to get over the hump. And right. that's what ex- we've talked about it for five straight seasons <laughs> right. exposure therapy. But this, is, this one could actually be kind of fun. And let me remind you just like it was my experience at the Cog Railway and Tom's experience with young storytellers everywhere, it's their job. Right. To help you, it is a fair exchange. You tip them well. They want to help you. Well, right? they might not want to, but no, they're but, paid right. d- by your service there to to help you solve problems and enjoy your meal. That's the that's the value proposition. It's okay to ask for a little extra ketchup.
1: And then, and then the server like closes the restaurant, declares
0: bankruptcy. <laughs> declares <laughs> bankruptcy. <laughs> And completely ghost you. That might not be, that might not be the, the recipe for success that we're we're shooting for. <laughs> We <laughs> created a great non example. <laughs> anyway, uh Marley, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much, so much that for is submitting. So that relatable. Request. That is great. So relatable. And and frankly, uh it allowed I, I don't know, allowed me to think about uh, an angle on on some of these things that on, on capital T small t trauma. Yeah. That uh I had never never really considered. So I really appreciate that. Marley, thank you so much for being a part of the show. I'm so depressed and I don't
1: know the reason, just wanna feel better. Thank you all so much for joining us for this episode. This week's tune is Hope I Feel Better by Teo Laza.
0: Coming up next week. You get this little emotional boner when you when okay. you when you spend your skin skin money. Alright. Okay. <laughs> We're not talking about skin You're money fine. and boners. You're fine. You're doing great. Alright. So sort of you can um, call it dog face floor and it's still going to be 13
1: i would definitely avoid dog face floor (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't and i would avoid that whole hotel because i'd be like what are you doing comfort in
0: (laughs) Thought of so much about what you're talking about right now i have no idea but little bag of silver i don't even know what that means you and i come from very different places
1: (laughs) sorry judas betrayed christ for a bag of silver
0: Oh, and, okay. And all right. like a real jerk
1: brought it to the Last Supper, said Da Vinci. <laughs> know your place. I'm Pete Wright. And I'm Tommy Metz III. Thank you for downloading and joining us on Season 6. We will be back next week on What's That Smell? Hey, my reflection, when I look at you, all I see is perfection. I'm so depressed and I don't know the reason, just hope I feel better. I do